Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church on this Wednesday evening. We hope that uh, and trust that God has been blessing you and keeping you this week. We're excited about what God is doing at Spirit of Grace Church. And uh, tonight I want to open uh, the word of the Lord, Exodus chapter 14. I'd like to read two scriptures tonight, and then we'll get into our message Exodus chapter 14, uh, verses 13 and 14. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And uh, we have been living in a season the last several months where it's been difficult to stay calm. It's been difficult to um, see the light of day sometimes because of the pandemic, the unrest, whatever you're dealing with, uh, the economy, the politics, uh, just life in general tends to be running together and wearing people out. And I believe that families are being attacked and marriages are being attacked and our children are dealing with things that uh, they aren't really designed to deal with. And I'm praying for all of our kids that have gone back to school or are heading back to school that the Lord will just be with them. Um, our health has been attacked. Things of those kinds of those nature are going on all around us. And unfortunately, it's something that we have to deal with. But the matter, the fact of the matter is that just because we saw, call ourselves Christian or are followers of Christ, it does not mean that we're exempt from the challenges of life. And uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 4, 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing is happening to you. Don't think it's strange. What we're dealing with today is not strange. Uh, the fact is we all have times when we face tremendous pressure from everyday living as well as what 2020 has brought us. We've all been to the place where we can uh, where we lose or exhaust all of our resources, all of our energies, all of the possibilities that we have of finding our way out of a situation. It's a place where we come to the end of all human ability and resources. And uh, you might even be here while, uh, while you're listening to this tonight. You may be at that place where you just think that everything that can go wrong has gone wrong and that you're just trying to keep your uh, head above water for for a moment of time in order to overcome and uh, where you seem like there's no escape no help uh, no place to run um, you've come to the end of your rope as far as your patience is concerned and sometimes when we get to that point we convince ourselves that it's never going to get better it can't get better than that and so we resign ourselves to live in this Medi mediocre life or just we're just happy to get through the day and make it to the next day but Jesus didn't die on Calvary so that we could just get by he didn't pay the ultimate sacrifice just and using all of his strength just to for us to cope just to get by another day Jesus died so that you and I would have an abundant life a life that was filled with purpose a life that was filled with satisfaction a life that, not absent of all the things that we're dealing with, but keeping our perspective within the realm of what we're dealing with. 
And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight is keeping the proper perspective and how to do so in the midst of all of this stuff. Because I believe that the Lord wants you to have a life filled with purpose. Uh, I came home from work and there was the my wife or boys, whoever, this, during the day must have popped some popcorn or something. And uh, you could smell that aroma of freshly popped popcorn. And uh, there's a lot of people that enjoy popcorn and the smell of it smells so good. But do you realize that that snack that uh, of popcorn originally started as a very hard kernel that's that you wouldn't want to try to chew on the kernel and but then when that kernel of corn is subjected to the heat and the pressure it explodes into a great snack that we all like to call popcorn and have a good uh, snack and in a similar way there will be times where you and I face a fiery furnace a fiery trial that Peter refers to the heat of the moment the pressure of the moment will will push in on us, will heat on us, and it's in those points of time that it can also produce in us an unshakable trust in God and bring about glory to God in a way that uh, we can't just do on our own. You see, when the children of Israel were set free from captivity, they were headed to the blessings of God. And understand that when we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, spiritually we leave Egypt, a place of bondage, and we start our journey to the promised land. And I believe that the promised land has a couple of meanings. I don't believe it just means heaven, or ultimately it will, but I believe that it also represents the life that Jesus wants to have in us here. It's entering into the blessings and favor of God where we are his people and he is our God. And when they left Egypt to enter the life that God called them to live, almost immediately they find themselves facing a major hurdle. It's shortly after they are delivered from the land of Egypt that they come to the banks of the Red Sea, and they're setting up camp. Now, notice now that they are in the will of God. They are following the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, yet it's in the midst of doing what God has asked them to do, called them to do, that the enemy is pursuing them, and all of a sudden they are facing an impossible situation with no visible means of escape. In front of them is the Red Sea, and the sides are surrounded by a hilly terrain, and behind them, the Egyptians, the enemy, is in hot pursuit, is trying to recapture them. They had nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, and their only option either seemed to be uh, get killed in battle, go back into bondage, or drown trying to swim across the sea. And it looked as though they were boxed in, and no matter which direction they chose, where they turned to go, it, it, what they contemplated doing, all of it, there appeared to be no way out. And tonight, guess what? They were right where God wanted them to be. They were in the perfect will of God, and yet in his will, their faith was being tested. And you might be sitting here tonight watching this and listening to this, and just like the children of Israel, you appear to be boxed in. Your enemy is chasing you. You've got the Red Sea in front of you. It seems that your problems are so big, and there's nothing that you can do to bring relief. And you're surrounded on every side, and the enemy is coming up from behind you, and it's mocking, and the enemy's mocking you and making fun of you, and 
and telling you how foolish it is to trust God and to go on this journey with God. And he tells you that it's not going to do you any good to have faith. And he says, your marriage is going to fall apart. Your kids aren't going to like you. Your job's going to fail. Your finances aren't going to improve. Your health is going to continue to deteriorate. So you might as well do what the friends of Job did and say, curse God and, and die. Quit coming to church. Bow out of your responsibilities. Quit giving God his tithe and offerings. Just curse God and die. Give up. You're boxed in. There's no way out. Well, the good news is that there is a way to stay positive with the right perspective, even when you're under pressure. Just like the popcorn, we can go through fire and come out on the other side, pleasing God and revealing a glory in God in the midst of our situation. And so I want to give you some ways of doing that. The first thing that I want to share with you is we need to recognize God's purpose in our life. We all have a purpose. The events of our lives don't just happen. It's not happenstance. God is in control of everything. And so often we believe that we're being punished for something that we've done wrong or, or we've grown cold or we've done something that has uh, the Lord has disapproved of or been disappointed in. When we face our own Red Sea and that, that, that situation or that place of overwhelming difficulty, we often tend to believe that we had it coming, that we deserved it. We reason that we must have done something wrong and God is now upset with us. We've irritated him, and now he's put us in the midst of these problems. But that's not the God of the Bible. God had a purpose in bringing the children of Israel to the Red Sea. And he has a purpose for the Red Sea that you're facing tonight. When we face difficulties in life, I believe that God wants to accomplish two things. One, he wants to make known his glory to others through us. And number two, he wants to teach us to trust in him completely. Uh, verse uh, 4 of um, the passage we read in, in Exodus, uh, it's the Lord says, I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. You see, your circumstance, the Red Sea, all this stuff that we're dealing with in society today is serving a purpose. God is using it to glorify himself and bring us to a closer relationship with him. And so you can come through this ordeal that you're facing, this Red Sea that you're facing. You can come through this with a stronger faith than you've ever had before. On the other side of COVID, you can have a stronger faith than you've ever had before. On the other side of all this unrest and the political divisiveness and everything that's going on in the world today, on the other side of it, you can have a greater faith, a stronger faith, than you ever have had before. Because God knows how your faith is being tested. In your situation, it's not my situation, it's your situation. God knows how you're being tested. And he knows the times that you just want to give up and throw in the towel. He knows when you're discouraged. He knows all of that. He knows how painful it is at times. Uh, in fact, the Bible says that he was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. He understood. He had the feeling of our infirmities. At the times that you lie awake at night and wondering how it's all going to work out and you start to worry about it, he sees all that. He sees the stress. He sees the strain that's in your life. He knows all the tears that you've shed when nobody else seems to know. But the psalmist declared this, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. 
I want to just share with you tonight that just as the sun is going down behind me, there's a new day that's going to that's going to dawn. And you might be in that midnight hour of your life where it's dark and it's dreary and it's gloomy and you can't seem to see the sun or the moon or it's cloudy and there's there's rain overhead. Just hold on. There's going to be another day to break forth in your life. You're going to have another opportunity for victory. You're going to come through this. God hasn't brought you this far to leave you. In fact, his promise was, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you even unto the end of the world. God is not troubling you. God is not punishing you. All the evil that is happening is not from God. However, he can take whatever comes your way and make something good out of it. Sometimes he allows the negative to come into your life in order to wrap it up in his grace and mercy and hand it back to you as uh, a, a beautiful uh, outcome. I have learned more in my trials through life, those seasons of life where everything seems to be upside down. I've learned more about myself and more about my God in those times than I ever do when I'm flying on cloud nine in him. I like those cloud nine experiences with God and those, and he allows us to have those, those dancing times, those times of rejoicing. But he also understands that in order for us to grow, we need to face some resistance and we need to become stronger. And the only way to become stronger is to face our Red Sea. So always remember that God has a purpose for that which you're facing. You may not understand what that purpose is at this point in time, but just hold on to his hand, just follow him, and just see what his purpose ends up being. The second thing that I believe that we can do to keep a positive perspective and overcome our situation is to retain God's perspective. Uh, when we find ourselves facing impossible situations, usually the thing that brings us down is that we have lost our perspective. Um, I, I learned this as a young child, not that I've perfected it, but I learned this from a dear saint of God. Her name's Victoria Booker, and many of you that are watching online may, have, may know her or know her son, Pastor Jim Booker in Wisconsin, but my dad used to do hospital calls and went to visit her, and she was somebody that, I don't know what disease it was that she had, but she was in pain almost her entire adult life. In fact, she, they used to bring her to church in her hospital bed, and uh, she was racked with pain for several years. And anybody that had reason to complain about the unfairness of life, it was Sister Booker. And my dad and I would go and do hospital visitation to cheer her up, supposedly. And uh, I remember it. I probably was six or seven years old when dad started taking me with him. And we would walk into the room where she was, and she was racked in pain. And, and But a smile would come across her face, and her comment would be, Isn't God good? I want to have that perspective. No matter what I'm facing, I want to have Victoria Booker's perspective. Isn't God good? And we would walk away probably more encouraged than she was. But uh, that's what happens when we face our struggles and our trials. Oftentimes we lose our perspective. And so then we start to doubt God's love and his concern. And somehow we think that God's angry with us. And uh, In fact, when the Israelites saw the Egyptian army coming up from behind, they panicked. And, and what they said was, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us here to the desert to die? And... and um, 
it's amazing that this would be their attitude after they had seen all of the plagues and they had seen all that God had done for them. They witnessed the awesome power of God while they were in Egypt, but they had already forgotten about it. And they went on to say, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And I suppose they probably were right. It probably would have been better than, to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. But what the problem was is in the, in the wilderness, the truth was God didn't want either one of those. He didn't want them to die in the wilderness, and he didn't want them to be servants to Egypt. He had a purpose. He had a perspective. He had a plan, a plan that was greater than they could imagine. It was greater than what they could put together. It was greater than what they could uh, fathom. And, of course, they were not going to die in the wilderness, and the Egyptians didn't kill them. We know the story. They wanted to take them back into slavery, but when we face insurmountable odds like the children of Israel seem to be facing, it's so easy to lose our perspective on the situation. And too often we're confronted with this impossible situation, and then rather than meet it head on, we want to take the easy way out. We say, I don't want to face this. I don't want to fight. So I'll just go back to Egypt. I'll just go back to resume my life as a slave to whatever I've been fighting against and whatever God has been trying to bring me out of. It was easier for me to submit to that than it is to fight this insurmountable uh, event or this insurmountable trial. And I feel that there's someone that's listening even right now that you have said that if things didn't get any better, you'll just quit coming to church or you'll just give up on God. It was easier just to get lost in the life that you came from. I want to challenge you today. God has great things in store for you, just like he had great things in store for the children of Israel. Keep the right perspective. All they had to do was trust him, even though there appeared to be no way out, even though it appeared to be a Red Sea in front of them and they couldn't go back. God has a plan for each of us. He doesn't want you to die in the wilderness. He doesn't want you to go back to your old life of bondage. He doesn't want you to settle even for second best. He doesn't want you to run from the crisis. He wants you to meet it head on with courage and with faith and the conviction that God is going to see you through. And the Red Sea that you're facing is not the impasse that you think it is. Your perspective, uh, my dad used to preach a message called making molehills, uh, making mountains out of molehills. That which is small in our eyes is big. For instance, you stand just in front of any hill and all you see is the hill. Well, God sees the whole expanse of the universe. He sees beyond it. His, perfect, her, his perspective is so much bigger than ours. And so we have to trust that he sees what's on the other side of the hill and what's going to get us to the other side of the hill. Don't settle for the easy way out. Don't be tempted by it. If it, if you, if it means you having to speak to your enemy and say, I will not succumb to this pressure, then so be it. Don't settle for second best. Understand that God has a better idea and he sees the big picture where you just see the small box that you seem to be encapsulated in. God sees the big picture of your victory that's just coming around the corner. Hold on just a little bit longer and see what God is going to do because when God does it, it's huge. I wonder what those Israelites thought when they were in the middle of their situation and all of a sudden the wind began to blow and all of a sudden the water began to separate and they began to walk through the Red Sea on dry ground. 
And when they got to the other side, they watched the sea swallow up the Egyptian army. I wonder what their mindset was when they were fearful and saying, oh, we didn't want to die in the wilderness. We should have just stayed in Egypt, et cetera, et cetera. What their mindset was after seeing that. We know it didn't last very long because they had problems beyond measure, even out in the wilderness and going into the promised land. It took a whole generation uh, before the children of Israel could um, conquer the, the land that God had for them. And uh, But I want to challenge you tonight. Remember his perspective. Remember that he sees more than you see. And when we get our eyes so focused on the thing right in front of us, he sees the bigger picture. That brings me to the third thing is, number one, again, remember that God has a purpose for your life. Number two, remember that God has the proper perspective of your life where we don't. We never have the proper perspective of life. Uh, there's always something that we're missing, but he never misses it. And then number three, because of that, because he has a purpose, because he has the proper perspective of our lives, you and I can rely on God's promises. We have we can rely on what God has promised us. Uh, there was a motivational speaker that once said this, if your success, or asked this, if your success was guaranteed, what would you be willing to endure uh, to get that to happen? And it would be really, the answer would be just about anything. If you had an ironclad contract stating that if you dug ditches in the rain every day for six months, you're going to have complete financial freedom. Most of us would be willing to dig ditches in the rain for six months. Um, you see, we can, as humans, we can endure just about anything if we understand the outcome is going to benefit us. Uh, I remember this when I started playing hockey as uh, a young kid and, um, you know, I had heard stories from my dad, obviously, for those that don't know, my dad pl played hockey professionally. Well, I grew up on skates. I was skating from the age of two on. And I remember trying out for some of the traveling teams when I was younger. And we would go to the tryouts and invariably for the first, oh, two nights, sometimes three nights, every night we'd come and skate. And we'd want to have the pucks down and we'd want to scrimmage. And they would just have a skate skate and skate until we were almost sick and uh, and but we knew that if I could just get through that night or those couple of nights that if I could make the team um, I, I would I'll endure it all every year we went back and we did the same thing and we skated and skated and skated and then we'd go to practice and the first part of practice was always just uh, workout calisthenics uh, skating instead of the fun stuff of playing the actual game. And there was a reason for that, and that was the only way that we would endure the heat of the battle of the game that we were going to play was if we had uh, prepared our bodies to be able to skate and to go through the things that needed to be gone through in order to achieve victory. So you and I can endure just about anything if we know what the outcome was. And really one of the most difficult aspects of facing our Red Sea experience is dealing with the feelings of hopelessness and helplessness. And that's why we have to recognize the first two aspects of my message tonight. We have to recognize that there is a purpose that God has for you, a significance, even more than a purpose. He has a significant life for you to touch somebody else's life and to have a significant purpose in this world. And then number two, he sees the perspective 
properly of your life. And then by faith, we can say, I can now rely on God when he promises. He said it this way, do not be afraid, stand firm. You're going to see the deliverance of the Lord that will bring you today. The Egyptians are going to see you today and, and that, that you see today. You'll never see again. The Lord's going to fight for you. He's going to win the battle. I can trust in the word of God. Proverbs said this, trust in uh, trust him with all of your heart. Lean on not your, on your own understanding, but trust in him. Acknowledge him. Be there with him. Know that he's got your best in mind. Know that he's got the plans designed for your life, that he has the proper perspective. He has the proper purpose, and he's going to see it. Then you can rely on God's promise. God promised them that he would take care of them, that he was going to fight for them, that he was going to go before them, set up ambushments against their enemies. All they had to do was to stand firm and be still, which simply means they had to block out all of the distractions and focus on God. That, that's something that some of us, when he says stand firm or be still, wait, uh, we think, okay, let's sit back in our lazy boy until he says it's ready, or we're waiting for our you know, mom or wife to cook dinner. And so we're just sitting back waiting for dinner to come. No, uh, that's not what that means. That means we need to remove all of the distractions, focus solely on God, put our eyes on him, put our faith in him, put our trust in him, and God will see us through. The peace of God cannot hit a moving target uh, or a distracted target. I, I shouldn't say it that way because God's peace can hit anything. But we can't receive his peace if we're constantly going about and being busy until we stop and focus on him, until we stop and, and look at what God has promised. And we look at his perspective and we look at his purpose. That's when we can begin to receive the peace. If we're worrying about this and we're worrying about that and we're running over here and running over there trying to figure out how to get around our Red Sea and can we get up those hills can we turn around and fight the enemy? Can we do this? Can we do as all of that? We're distracted by the, the the truth of the matter, which is okay. Stop. Let me see him. Um, the psalmist said, "Lift up their uh, heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the kingdom, King of heaven, or the King uh, of heaven's armies, will come in." That when we stop and we look at him, when we focus in on him. We get to see the King of Glory as He begins to usher into our situation. So that's how you receive the peace of God is by standing still, standing firm, and looking at Him. You see, if you're facing a Red Sea situation, and I know many of you that are watching this, I'm sure are. Some of you have dealt with loss of loved ones. You've dealt with loss of job. Some of you have dealt with loss of health. You're dealing with uh, the pressures of what's going on in the world. And a lot of us are just worn down and worn out, which Daniel prophesied that the enemy would try. I believe it's in Daniel 7 that he would wear the saints out. He can't just confront us and beat us, so he'll get us tired and he'll bring all kinds of things around us. I believe that the, or the Israelites, when they faced the Red Sea, if they would have just taken two minutes to stop, and think back of all that God had delivered them with all the plagues and all that they were able to see, I think they would have had a different perspective. But they got so distracted and so torn up by what they were facing and the pressure of that moment that it took God and Moses to lead them 
uh, into something that's stronger, something that's better, something that's more profound. And I believe that God is trying to do that for us right now. I believe that in the midst of all of this that we're dealing with, uh, as individuals, you're dealing with things that I'm not dealing with, and I'm dealing with things that you're not dealing with. And then we've got just the normal stuff that all of us are dealing with. And I believe that God is trying to get our attention and to say, listen, I know exactly where you're at. I know what's happening. I know what's going on. And I've got you right where I want you. Don't get tired. Do what uh, they said in Galatians, what Paul told them, is be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. It's impossible to you, but it's possible with him. And God has a plan, and, and, and I've shared this oftentimes with people, but I wrote a song, uh, not me writing the song, I wrote the words of a song uh, inside the front cover of my Bible because I never wanted to forget them. It's an old, old song. I heard it first from the group New Song. And it was, God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you can't trace his hand, when you can't see his plan, trust his heart. God knows where you're at right now. And God knows what you're dealing with. And God is standing there ready to receive from you or, or to receive from you the attention or the focus, the reliance upon his promise that he will be with you that he will see you. Remember, he's got a purpose in all of this, and he knows the perspective. Close your eyes right now to your situation and stop looking at that specific situation and ask God, God, let me to see through your eyes just for a moment and see the big picture of things. For this too shall pass. I remember reading a story about uh, somebody asked uh, in, a, in a setting, what's your favorite scripture in times of stress and some people quoted you know psalm 23 1 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and some first peter where it says cast all your care on him for he cares for you and then an 80 year old man got up and he said my favorite scripture was and it came to pass 85 times in scripture and all the younger people were kind of snickering and was like well, that's not a verse that's not what was what was the scripture and he stopped and he started to explain and he made the statement when i was 40 i lost my young child when i was 50 i lost a child that had gone to war when i was 60 my wife was uh was diagnosed with a sickness when i was 65 she passed away and she he said in every single one of those situations through life god always seemed to bring a scripture that said and it came to pass in those 85 times I've leaned on and it shall come to pass. You see, what you're dealing with is going to come, but it's coming in order to pass. You're, we're not always going to be facing this one way or the other. If the trumpet sounds and we're in glory, this is going to come to pass. Whether things we get on the other side of it and God allows us more time here on earth, we're going to get through this. It's going to come to pass. And uh, I believe that God is wanting us to have our hand in his hand, knowing that God is going to use us. God has, uh, I've said this oftentimes, <clears throat> and, and I'm coming to a close here, but God chose us for this hour. He didn't choose the apostles. He chose us for this hour. He chose the apostles for that hour. He chose you and I for this hour. 
in the hours that we live, in the hours that we serve him, we are his chosen vessels of, of influence, his chosen vessels of ministry. He's wanting to minister through us because he has a purpose for us. So when things do get tough, always step back and remember his perspective is right. And because his promise is true, he's decided that we were the ones that he wanted to use. Praise God. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And before we go, would you just join me in a word of prayer? I, I pray that something that was said here tonight, if you're on the precipice and you're just you're about ready to give up, don't give up yet. God's got you right where he wants you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to use you. Just put your hand in his hand. Jesus, I pray right now for all of those that are watching, listening. I'm asking you, God, to do a special work in their life. Lord, for those that are standing at the, at the mouth of the Red Sea, I'm asking you to even now begin to let the winds blow and the waves begin to part and open up the opportunity for them to walk through on dry ground. Lord, we'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. Lord, I trust in your purpose tonight. I trust in your perspective tonight. And I trust in your promise tonight. Lead us and guide us into all things this week. Lord, should you, Terry, bring us back together on Sunday as a church body or online as fellow believers, we love you and praise you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you all. Have a great rest of the week. And should the Lord, Terry, we'll see you on Sunday.